Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Randy Rook and this is the Cone of Shame Veterinary Podcast. Gang, I'm super glad you're here. If you're headed out to Western Veterinary Conference this weekend, I'll be there. If you see me, I would love if you said hi. Let me know you listen to the podcast. That always means the world to me. And I'd just like to meet you and, and see what's going on in your world. I have one lecture at Western. It's on Wednesday morning. It's bright and early, but there will be breakfast served. So come on out and see it. It's called The Million Dollar Technician. I really, really like this lecture a lot. Uh, it got rave reviews at VMX, and I'm super happy to do it again. It's for people who train technicians and people who are technicians. So I'd love to see your smiling face in the morning on Wednesday if you can be there. If you can't be there, but you think that I might be able to bring a ray of sunshine to someone that you work with or someone that you know or someone who's doing amazing things, we can still make that happen. I am uh, loving what we're doing with our reviews on iTunes. If you will go and just write an honest review of the Cone of Shame podcast on iTunes and then send me an email, and the email address is podcast at drandyrourke.com. That's D-R-A-N-D-Y-R-O-A-R-K.com. And tell me who I should give a shout out to and why they're awesome. I will make a video for that person. I will send it back to you and you can show it to them. And it's, uh, it's something fun and happy and it makes people's days sometimes if they know who I am. If they don't, they're just like, who is this strange man saying nice things about me? Then it's just weird for everybody. Just make sure that they know who I am, uh, or that they like, uh, our stuff before, uh, you, uh, we make a video because then it's just, there's going to be restraining orders and just weird stuff happening. And so just don't, don't let this get awkward for me. That's the only thing that I'm asking. So honest review on iTunes. Let me know who we should give a shout out to. And then I will totally make you a video giving a shout out. Finally, we're still giving away a hundred dollars a week at drandywork.com. You have to work at a vet clinic. That is the requirement. And just sign up for our newsletter. And every week we pull a winner from the newsletter and we give them a hundred bucks. So if you're not getting the Dr. Andy Work newsletter, then head on over to drandywork.com, sign up for it, and you will be entered. Our guest today on the episode is a good friend of mine. She's a boarded veterinary dentist, Dr. Donnell Hansen. You might remember her from an early episode we did on slab fractures. She is a dentist and oral surgeon from the Minnesota Blue Pearl Hospitals. She speaks all over the country. I think I spoke with her in Canada even, so she's international, but she is so fun and so practical and so down to earth. And she is as awesome in person as she sounds on these podcasts. If you get a chance to meet her, you totally should. She has an online resource for dentistry people out there who are like, give us more. It's called the four-legged tooth fairy. And you can find a ton of resources there. I love what she's doing. As I said, she speaks all over the place. You should totally check her out and see her if you can. Uh, her special interest is in maxillofacial surgery, but honestly, she she is into the whole mouth gig. Dr. Donnell Hansen, here we go. This is your show. We're glad you're here. We want to help you in your veterinary career. Welcome to the Cone of Shame with Dr. Andy Rourke. I am here with veterinary dentist extraordinaire, Dr. Donnell Hansen, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. Oh man, we have got. Um, I got. I got a. I got a fun one for you. Are you ready to play? How do you treat that? I'm in. All right. Cool. 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 So I have got Daisy. Daisy is a five-year-old female spade golden retriever, and she came in because mom thinks 
that her face looks different. She thinks her top lip is not in alignment with uh, on the left side with the right. And Dad thinks that she's lost her mind. She's like, no, her the left upper lip sticks out more than the right. And so I get in there and I flip this lip up and Daisy has got a mass on. So it's a rostral maxillary mass around the left upper incisors. And so that, that the gum almost just looks thick up there. And then the, the, the biggest thing you can tell is like, you can just see the tops of those incisors coming out. You know what I mean? And on the right side, I can see a lot more of those teeth. But on the left, you know, the gum is, the gum just looks almost puffy. And those teeth are kind of hidden down inside of this, of this mass on her left side. And she's only five years old. Uh, she's, she's not having any problem eating. Uh, Mom and dad haven't noticed anything that looked like like pain. I'm on palpation. She doesn't really react to me. Uh, her mouth doesn't stink or anything like that. It's just this kind of, uh, you know, this mass that I'm seeing uh, on the left upper side of her mouth around incisors. How, how do you um how do you treat that? Where do you go with where do you go with this? I can almost feel this family sitting in my exam room. I can see the Minnesotan mom and dad having a bickering argument over <laughs> yeah. the face. I can, I can feel this case in my heart. Um, listen, here's the thing about oral masses. Um, whenever you see anything in the mouth that's a bump or a swelling, uh, you know, I am worried that a lot of cases get diagnosed as a cancer, which of course scares everybody half to death once that word comes out of your mouth. I'm worried that folks will see a mass in the mouth and tell the family, oh, this could be cancer. And I'm worried that a lot of families will hear that and they just say, oh, if she's got cancer, I'm not going to do anything, right? We're just yep. going to live our best life. And I can understand that perspective, especially with some of the cancers we can get. I can totally understand it. But the important thing with the mouth to recognize is that many, and I almost dare say most, is that a fair thing to say? Many oral cancers or oral masses, they are treatable and you can get a really good quality of life if not a great quality of life and a very good prognosis once we find out who we're fighting right, right. so i'm always hesitant in exam room to say oh no i will often say oh dear family look at that nobody likes to see a bonker in the mouth that is not fun yeah say listen this could be something very benign and i make sure to clarify that benign means doesn't spread to other body parts doesn't necessarily mean no big deal right because technically an acanthomatous ameloblastoma those epuluses that we talk about that's technically benign but mm -hmm. if those suckers get a chance to go to town they are quality of life affecting right so when i say benign i mean that you know we might not find it in livers and spleens and other body parts I say, listen family this could be something benign and very manageable but I have to acknowledge it could be something scary, too. Yep. And you know what? The truth is, even with most scary oral tumors, there's often stuff we can do. So I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. And I really want to focus on let's get information and get the power that information provides us. And even if that power, that not power, that information gives us peace of mind, yep. right, that, that we're going down the right track, that's an investment worth it to most of my families. Totally. I agree. The, the sleep well at night cost um sleep you know or just 
let's get some certainty here. Uh, I think I think most people understand the value in that. Okay, so so we got to get a piece of this thing. Yep. So, dear family, you know what? We got to get under anesthesia and take a piece of it. And listen, here's here's something that I always try to remind myself. Uh, my own coonhound lab beast. Her name was Ellie Mae Clampett. I got her when yep. we lived in Oklahoma. She fell down our stairs one day. I thought, well, geez, what's wrong with you? She was six. There was no right. reason for her to be sick. But because I am what I am, I brought her to work with me. And um, she, we found out she had a kidney tumor, right? Okay. Well, we all know you can have two kidneys. You know, one can go. You can still be fine. So I asked our surgeon. I said, AJ, would you please remove this kidney? And he goes, oh, Danelle, sure. But you should probably check those lungs first. Oh, right. Be a veterinarian first. Right. So we went ahead and did chest films. Before I went ahead and invested my emotions, my money, my energy, my time into her surgery, and she had tumors all over her chest. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Right? Well, so you know that that was heartbreaking, but now I knew it was time to feed her bacon. Like, right, yeah. Like, okay, fine, we're going to Dairy Queen. That was what we did. <laughs> gotcha. So with, gotcha. with these masses, it's not wrong to go straight to biopsy. But mm -hmm. if a family wants to go stepwise and right. – you know, doing the chest films can be more expensive, but also can save you money in the long run and resources and emotions if there's something in there that would grandly change our prognosis. Okay. So in my, in my hands, I say to the families, listen, I'd prefer to do blood work and chest films first. Um, I don't require the chest films, right? I just mm -hmm. would prefer. And then we would go to anesthesia to go ahead and get our biopsies. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So that makes sense. Um, there's, I, I, this sounds like, this Sounds horrible to me, but I just want to ask you, uh, a fine needle aspirate of a mass like that, um, is that is that useless or just horrible experience for the pet? <laughs> or it's both? a super great question. And um, there have been studies to try and help us decide if, if aspirates are diagnostic or representative of oral tumors, and you get a mixed bag of results for those studies. For the most part, in my heart, in my hands, um, aspirates are not a valuable resource when it comes to oral tumors. Now, sometimes you have those friable, gunky ones that are like almost peeling out. Okay, yeah. And my secret brain says, if I could just get a chunk of that and just peel off a chunk and do an impression smear. Yeah. Very occasionally, I'll get a diagnosis off of that. Or sometimes squamous cell in cats. If you know, I have an in-house, I'm spoiled and I have an in-house clinical pathologist. So you guys could use, you know, your guys' ClinPath folks too. But if I can get a chunk or an impression smear of a squamous cell on a cat, sometimes I can get a diagnosis. But most of the time I feel like I'm wasting a client's resources because I'm not going to get something diagnostic. So I would never do that alone. I will sometimes get a sample uh, with a biopsy okay. and mm -hmm. make an impression smear. Now that still requires anesthesia, right? Yep. But I might get my answer tomorrow off my impression smear versus waiting my several days for a biopsy. Gotcha. And I'll use that in cases where a patient's just doing poorly and I need an answer ASAP. But that's really when I've clarified to the families, this could be a hundred bucks that I didn't use well. Yeah. If okay. I get the answer, yay. If I don't, okay, we still have the biopsy to go get our samples. Especially in this example of this specific daisy, when you have these sort of thickenings of oral masses in my heart don't waste your energy your mind your time on aspirates now a different dentist might give you a different answer i don't know but in my heart take the 10 minutes it takes to go even if it's just propofol get your sample mm -hmm. 
and get good samples, you guys. Like, don't be a weenie. Get in there. And I will use maybe scalpels someday. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll be using punch biopsies. But if I'm yep. using a punch, I'm going to go in with a rongeur afterwards, and I'm going to get chunks. Okay. So you're going in after the punch and, and cleaning out some some big some big hunks in there. Get big pieces. And people always call me up and say, oh, I'm going to do damage. I'm going to hurt them. I'm going to cause bleeding. I'm going to break a jaw. No, you're not. You're just, you're not. Get pieces because the worst thing is to get a non-diagnostic response. That's just yes. such a, everyone's heart just sinks when that happens. Yeah. Oh gosh. So, that's a, that's the worst phone call to make. Uh, like, uh. Thank you for your $400. Now I have yeah. no answers. Right. So take big pieces, everybody. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. What are your top differentials? What do you, I mean, what do you, what are you thinking just based on the vague picture that I painted for you at the beginning? I mean, so it's pink. Does that mean it's not oral melanoma? <laughs> right? No. <laughs> no. Truthful, I hardly ever see dark melanomas, which maybe they never hit my table because they've already been diagnosed, but almost all of my melanomas are amelanotic melanomas, which is just quirky. I don't know. But this is what I'm saying to the family when I'm in the exam room. I'm saying, oh, Dear family, look at that bunker. Turns out mom was right. Something's up with that face, right? Mm -hmm. And I want to find out what it is. And I'll say, listen, there's a phenomenon called gingival enlargement. Same thing we see in boxer dogs. The same thing that everyone knows about. And said, that's super benign. And really with that disease, all we do is take off that extra gum tissue, recontour the gums. It's a problem because of periodontal disease, but the prognosis is great. Wouldn't that be great if that's what this was? Family, I'm a little worried it's not because of the pattern, but Mm -hmm. I never want to... I don't have mic- microscopic eyes, right. right? I need to know with my samples. And I tell them yep. stories about how I've made the wrong call and how painful that is. Right. Once I thought a dog had horrible necrotic cancer in its caudal maxilla. And I was thinking to myself, why am I bothering even biopsying this? Because it's awful and I can't fix that in that location. It's going to be horrible. I got that dog under anesthesia because that family was, uh, it was a, piece of, a piece of grace for me because that family was so dedicated you guys, it was a plastic bag. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> it was wedged up there and oh. we pulled it out and the poodle walked out. It was a poodle, standard, walked out thrilled, right? You cured cancer. Oh, and I you gave that dog cancer in my cancer that day. Yes, he was hosed in my head and I, that was wrong. It was wrong. So I was so grateful that family taught me a lesson. Oh, so man. that's what I'm saying to this golden retriever's family. Could be something benign. Okay. The other option could be something like this, this Epulus family, which mm-hmm. we don't really call them that anymore, but that's what everyone knows it as. So I still call it that. And then I clarify, there's some friendlier versions of the Pulides. There's some more aggressive versions. I say it could be one of those. And then I say, and then I have to use the word cancer, the mm-hmm. true cancers. And then I explain to them why each one of those concerns has a different treatment. And if I treat it, you know, if I treat um, uh, fibrosarcoma, like it was nebulous, I've done you zero favors. Right. And vice versa. So I explained to them why the biopsy is so important, why I won't just chunk it off, and, and why we have to be thoughtful about it. And then I've built trust with them, and then they are on board. Right. Gotcha. And then I can do what I really need to do when they really just want me to chunk it off. And I don't want to do that because if that's a fibrosarcoma and golden retrievers are prone to making something called a high-low fibrosarcoma, which looks very benign when you peek at it. It mm-hmm. even looks benign on histopath, but it's very aggressive biologically. Okay. So I want to make sure I treat this dog with kindness and do the right thing. Gotcha. Awesome. 
that is super helpful. So good walkthrough. Um, I love your idea of explaining what we're doing, starting with some chest rads and some and some blood work, and then moving on to to some biopsies. Um, is there anything else we should be thinking about before we get our results back, or are we uh, in a wait and see uh, to hear what the pathologist says? Yeah, um, you know, I just tell families we're in a bit of a holding pattern. Now, if it's the patient's doing poorly, we talk about pain meds or things to help control bleeding that might be happening with oral masses, but otherwise, live life as usual. Um, I, You guys, I am guilty of using a um, wonderful oral pathologist, so pathologists around everyone's so capable, right? But mm-hmm. then we get these people with their little favorite things to do. And um, I have found myself thrilled to have the services of an oral pathologist named Cindy Bell. She runs a company called Specialty Oral Pathology for Animals, SOPA. And okay. I'm not going to be an advertisement for her, except for the fact that folks who do a lot of oral pathology will recognize the difference between a hylofibrosarcoma and fibrous tissue. Yeah. And they'll give me a hint to be, woohoo, pay attention, because that's not really histologic diagnosis. That's a clinical behavior diagnosis. And so many of these, these goldens in particular, they'll come back with a, a fibroma biopsy. And I'm thinking, oh, that would be really nice, but I am worried that this is actually fibrosarcoma. And so the folks who do oral pathology as part of their, their little niche, um, they tend to give you a heads up. Like, oh, hey, pay attention. This looks like a fibroma, but there's this phenomenon called a high-low fibrosarcoma. Be aware of that. Right. And the great oral pathologist will give you little hints at things. Um, same thing with cats. Cats often look like squamous cell carcinoma, and they're a phenomenon called alveolar osteitis. And an oral pathologist will be very thoughtful about knowing those things. Gotcha. With that in mind, just one more thing to think about. Most of the oral pathologists who you might use, they want photos and they want x-rays. Mm-hmm. So make sure you include those with your samples because that will help them sort of put nuance to their diagnosis. Very cool. No, that's awesome. That's a great That's a great tip. I really like that a lot. Well, thanks, Danelle. This has been wonderful. I really appreciate your time as always. Ah, it's my pleasure, too. Thanks for having me. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. See you later. And that is our episode. Guys, I hope you enjoyed it and hope you got something out of it. Please uh, share the episode with your dental friends, people who are doing a lot of dentistry, people who would enjoy something like this. Help us spread the word. We want people to know about the knowledge that we're putting out. Thanks a lot for everything. Have a great, great day and a great, great week. See you next week. Bye.